Quest Beyond. Carl, Ryan, and Sam review the new movies you may want to see and talk a little news along the way. Venture with them for The Quest Beyond. The Quest Beyond, bringing you the newest movie reviews that pretty much come out on streaming for the time being, but maybe some theater along the way, and uh, we'll get you some news when that pops up as well. I'm Ryan Starfire. I'm Sam McLennan. And I was holding my breath not to make noise. I'm Connor on you. <laughs> Called out the, the feedback. Hey, it was positive feedback. Anything to help make the show better, I will take it. Yes. As long as that reading. doesn't mean I just leave the show entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Shane Southpaw. <laughs> yes, reading the review. Shane Southpaw, one, two, three, fake. Sh- this doesn't seem right. <laughs> Who wrote this review? <laughs> no. Um, yes, we appreciate any feedback you guys can give. We're restarting this whole thing, just having fun, talking some movies, and uh, letting you guys know maybe where you want to spend some of your bonus time at home while this lockdown's going on so it's the it's the most we could do to not go insane ourselves good point uh and going with that we have a news topic that we could have done last week with the wonder woman episode but we decided to push to this week so they didn't kind of intertwine besides that uh mandalorian season two has finished recently uh if you guys had watched it or are still waiting to pull the trigger or still waiting to finish it we will talk about it full spoilers this episode and to top it off mulan the movie that came out way the hell back when it just would cost you a pretty penny to watch and if you did that you would have saw it if you didn't do that it has been released for free recently on disney plus so if you guys have watched it you could be right along with us. If not, let's push you in a direction. I'm not going to hint at which direction, <laughs> but I have a feeling we are all going to push you in the same direction. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> all right. So with that, let's jump into news now. Extra, extra, read all about it. But yes, Wonder Woman 3 is happening. Um, it was announced <laughs> relatively soon after the launch of Wonder Woman 84 on HBO Max. Confirmed that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. I've heard it as also as Gall. So I, whichever one is correct, let's pretend that's the one I keep going with. But I've the, heard Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. I heard Gall Gadot. It's it's a very tricky thing to say, and because she is saying it correctly. I have a hard time hearing it because it's it's that thing about if you don't practice said sounds in your in your language, it's hard to create them. Anyways, so there were conflicting reports that it was fast tracked or just greenlit. I feel like it was just greenlit. I don't there's no way it can be fast tracked given what Patty Jenkins is currently working on. But even still, right. like I'd say it was a overall, a more positive, but mixed bag from the three of us, obviously me more positive, but um, I'm on board with this. I think it's great that they're going to finish their story. I think it's fantastic when a director has a vision, ironically, and continues to get to do said thing, which we may or be not getting some, something like that in March from HBO max. But 
given the credit Patty Jenkins has got, I don't think I think it would have been really difficult, even given the divisive response to Wonder Woman 84 to have someone come in. So I'm on board. I when we get this movie 2025, maybe. Maybe this is a gun. Um, James Gunn situation with Squad and Guardians all like so. It'll be interesting. COVID again throws this into a complete wrench into this situation, but we'll know more and we'll talk about more as we go. But what do you guys think of uh, PJ and GG coming back for W three three? I appreciate the acronyms. Um, yeah, I mean, not too surprising, right? Like it, it felt like this was designed to be a trilogy. Uh, Patty Jenkins clearly had a vision for a plan for a trilogy. So I wasn't shocked to hear this news. Um, yeah, so I guess they didn't announce exactly when a date would be. Uh, my feeling is that the plan was always there. And then they... Uh, they just wanted to lock Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot down for the third, because knowing that they're both probably going to be pretty busy now, especially Patty Jenkins with the new star Wars movie, Gal Gadot. I don't know what she's doing, but, uh, it was inevitable. So not overly surprised, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they have planned for us. Cause Hey, it, if they did a 70 year jump from the first to the second, where are we heading with this one? Are we going to the future? I think it's likely to be modern, given what Patty and uh, Gall have said about it. So I think it makes the only (laughs) the part of me that's I'm excited for this, but also even with the kind of Elseworlds nature we're getting with like the Snyder cut was made and then Patty Jenkins was like, okay, so that's not the end game, but that's where Wonder or Diana is going. So 84 was made and then I guess, do we want to talk about briefly that there's been some discussion about the I walked away from humanity line from BVS UE? Yeah, like that's that might actually be the next step is why she disappeared. What? Or like how she disappears in that time frame. Yeah, I feel like the conversation that I was reading about, which made sense to me, was it was almost like she withdrew herself like personally from humanity like it seemed like in 84 she did her job to be like a good human and then like was small villain when there was stuff it didn't look like she was looking to solve problems so maybe that's what she was referring to i mean i don't think it's one of those things where it's like it's a it's like i did not put on my armor for 96 years or whatever like i don't think it plays like that but anyways Again, it's open to interpretation, even if you don't want it to be. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, how do you feel about W33 and P with GG and P? Nah, it didn't work. Fell <laughs> apart. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I think everyone's obviously in on watching a third one of these. Uh, after Patty Jenkins has gotten so much support and outpour for the first one, and even if the reviews are mixed a bit on the second one, she still has a lot of praise and a lot of backing now. Like she carries a lot of weight, especially with the rogue squadron announcement. Like they probably either knew about that announcement before it happened and like what her schedule was going to be. Or as soon as they announced that they were like, Hey Patty, you want to do wonder woman three right after that? Like we got to get your back. So 
I'm not surprised she's attached to it. I'm not surprised this whole thing is taking shape. I wouldn't even be surprised if it comes out the year after Rogue Squadron. Like, as soon as she's done filming that one, she's off filming this one. I'm not going to be surprised if we hear Patty Jenkins has left one of these two projects for creative differences. That's not going to be a shocker if I hear one of those. But... I mean, we know which one that would like... Like, if we if the, Vegas would put the odds at... Yes. Obviously, Rogue Squadron. Yes, with Disney's track record and their creative difference problems. With KK saying happens. nay nay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so much of it. <laughs> Don't even use names anymore, just initials. Uh, but yeah, like I'm obviously going to watch this. I'm obviously going to be excited for it. Even with how I received the second Wonder Woman, it did not deter me at all from this character or things going forward. Like, everyone has a bad movie, whether you thought it was a bad movie or not. That's how it played to me. But also, there could be behind-the-scenes stuff we don't know about. Who knows? Like, I'm I'm nowhere near jumping off a Patty Jenkins fan train yet, so I'm excited to watch this one. And with that, I guess we will wrap up the news. That's all we got for you. Another Disneyless news segment. How often is that happening? With that, let's jump into our first overview, sort of review. I don't know what we want to call this. We'll come up with a clever name for it. But we're talking The Mandalorian Season 2. The Mandalorian Season 2 wrapped up recently. And we got a taste of all eight episodes following the success on the launch of Disney Plus and the first season. And I think it caught everyone off guard. Were you guys expecting the first season of Mandalorian to be as fun and successful as it was? Yes, because it was the only thing that came out during the launch that they pitched it. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's why 90% of people even signed up for Disney Plus is like Star Wars show. Well, I mean, it, it, it feels so funny to think of it. Sorry, I, for our listeners, I'm wearing a pair of Death Trooper 3D glasses from the okay, launch of Rogue are. One. I was like, what kind of glasses are those? Oh, uh, that explains the Skrillex soundtrack behind here. Yeah, you look like... <laughs> Baggerang! You look like, you look like uh, futuristic Ray Charles right now. <laughs> Oh man. oh man! No, I'm the I'm Jean Baptiste. Don't you uh, from see? Okay, I can't see anything. Uh, sorry, I have another prop for later in the episode. Uh, maybe this segment. No, I. Like you know our, what it you're was? Carrot top, Kyle. They. I am the new carrot top. <laughs> I wish he's got millions of dollars. Like anybody who's got millions right now, like nobody is safe from the pandemic. But it's got to be nice when you have like you don't like I'm on EI right now. Like <laughs> that's a yeah, but. At least you're not a ginger, so... That is true. That is true. (laughs) Just declared war. Sam's just like, fuck them all. Sorry. No, I I remember being skeptical when... Because I feel like the way that they promoted this show, it was like Jon Favreau was making a Star Wars show. And I have been a fan of Jon Favreau for quite a while. Since Elf, I think. I remember seeing Elf and not... I wasn't at that phase yet where I knew kind of everybody behind the camera but then obviously iron man moving forward was like okay and then iron man 2 is like ooh buddy but i wish after we're like yeah <laughs> i wish that they had said dave filoni was involved 
from the get-go. I feel like that news came out later, but that first trailer was like, this is the man with no name as a Mandalorian. Everything you think you know about Boba Fett, and we'll get into season two, but this is why we love the idea of a Mandalorian. And it was amazing. Like, I just set up my poster behind me for the first season, and the Grogu Baby Yoda took Christmas 2019, or winter, or the holiday season of 2019 by storm. And I loved how simple the first season was. And you know what? Why don't you guys give your background on it? And then we'll we'll kind of go around with season two. So how did you guys feel leading into that first year? Uh, I was super excited. Like uh, a live action Star Wars show. Of course, I'm on board. Um, and then after that trailer with the, that, with that, we got like a taste of the score um, it had some really heavy Western vibes. I was I was very excited. And um, I was surprised with the first season just in terms of its like episodic nature, if that makes sense. Obviously, there was a, a storyline throughout, but... And its worst episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Sorry. Did, did she do first season? She does the one where they have yeah. to teach the people to save themselves from the ATST. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then she went on to direct the worst episode of season two. (laughs) Ooh, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But, I mean, the worst episode of The Mandalorian is a better episode than other TV shows out there. So, just in terms of, like, production quality. Like, I I couldn't believe how great-looking this show was. Like, it, it just looked like a like a star wars movie um so yeah i was i was impressed right off the bat and then we'll go into season two but it continued to impress me yeah i too well i guess i wasn't expecting it the same way you guys were it kind of hit me as agents of shield for marvel where i was like (laughs) oh no, they're spinning this off and making a TV show. This is going to suck. Like it's going to be really poor quality and I'm not expecting too much out of it. And then, yeah, week to week just kept building and building and my excitement for it. I did like the, how they all felt like a separate Western movie where he kind of rides into town and has to solve a problem and move on from there. It, it was just a lot of fun. Obviously baby Yoda, as Kyle mentioned, just won our hearts over and, it's it just got solid more and more solid and i got more and more excited each week to week i couldn't wait for fridays to happen so i had nothing but the highest praise of it coming out of season one that i did not have going into season one but coming from season one that means we were going into season two which started over the pandemic something to look forward to october 30th when it came out 2020 and it ended December 18th in 2020, we got eight whole episodes to watch with from stories about slaying a dragon and uh, Timothy Oliphantastic showing up to uh, what do we got? The frog lady and her eggs and giant ice spiders introduced to Bo-Katan, the TIE fighters. And from there, it just kind of went up with Ahsoka and we got introduced to uh, Boba Fett coming back. We got to learn 
Baby Yoda's name was Grogu. And from that, where it ends and the big reveal at the end of the season, it's it's been a lot of deep ties into Star Wars from where the first season kind of seemed like it was just kind of playing in the same field, but not going to mention any of that stuff. This one felt like Dave Filoni was fully like, I got ideas. They came out hard for season two, right? Like season one was, I think, what we came to expect from a Star Wars show. Like, okay, this is going to be some kind of expanded universe, just like fill in the gaps type stuff. But And they do that now with season two. But they like, every episode there was something crazy happening. And obviously there's some episodes worse than others, but... Oh my goodness, like I, I couldn't believe how great each episode was. Like from right from episode two, I think, with the with the, the frog lady, the spiders, like I loved that episode. And then each one after that only got, you know, better or, or was the same. So I, I I loved it. Um I don't know, I guess we we could save the, the, the finale for at the end, I guess. But uh yeah, like I couldn't believe how great some of the, the action scenes were. It's 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 shot amazing, you know. It was my introduction to uh, Ahsoka or not Ahsoka. What's her name? Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that episode was was great. Like it, it, it was very much like an, an old samurai movie. Uh, man, like I I love this show. I think it's so great. Of all the characters to come back from season one. Were you excited Bill Burr was this? <laughs> was, <laughs> he, I'm, I'm like, he is the best report, like character out of nowhere. Like he, he's good. He's, he's really good. I'm just so surprised that like, you know, they got Horatio sand in, in like crazy makeup. And then Bill Burr is just being like, Bill Burr this, in space, this Boston guy in space. It's, <laughs> it's really, it's funny. And I, and somehow it still works. Yeah, it was when they said they were they had to go get him to help out. I was like, "Huh? Like are we Did getting you know? everyone together or just him? <laughs> just Bill what Burr? What is happening? Just J- Bill Burr? Just Bill Burr? Oh, Kyle, where were your thoughts with season two? I thought that it. Here's what I liked. So I read the Star Wars Aftermath trilogy, which was, I think, post purchase of Lucasfilm, the first real dive into the new EU, not the European Union, but the new expanded universe of Star Wars. Outside of the TV shows that they made, obviously, and I typically didn't read a lot of the Star Wars books because it was so daunting at the time because there were 30 plus, almost 40 years of content. So when they released that trilogy to lead us into Force Awakens, I read the first three and was like, okay, this is cool. It adds a little context to some things. Do I wish we didn't or we needed this for the movie? No, I didn't. But they were good and they introduced characters like Cobb Vanth. So moving into this season, it felt like there was less secrecy around it, which I think took away from season two in a way because we knew Timothy Oliphant was going to be in it. And when they said, no, but he's going to be wearing the armor, I went, okay, that's Cobb Vanth. Like, I know who this is. I think it's really cool the way they used season two to still be about Mando. Like, the season is still about his relationship with Grogu. 
Like, that is the spine of it. We got a lot of other meat on this spine, and I thought it was really cool the way that they did weave in stuff from the ex... ex I would keep wanting to call it the extended universe, but that's my DC brain. It, from the expanded content, having watched all the shows, it was really awesome to see characters who I really did like come to the forefront for people who hadn't seen them. I watched the shows with a friend of the show, Shane Southpaw, every Friday, and it was really cool. He had watched the shows as well, and we were just so happy to see these characters that we'd... So it's been, and now, it'll have been 13 years since Ahsoka was created, and getting to see her played perfectly by Rosario Dawson, who's, I can't wait to see her show. We talked to, go back to episode one to hear about, no, yeah, one, episode one, to hear all about that. To see Bo-Katan, you know what was the best part about season two is a lot less Cara Dune, because she sucks! Um, I don't hate the character, I just, what I don't like is what they've done with her, and I feel bad for Gina Carano, because I just feel like she's given nothing to do, and... I feel that she personally doesn't have the skills yet. She may get them as an actor to do a lot with nothing. But she has big gun though. Yeah. She has a laser rifle that jams. Yeah. It, those guns jam. Like have you played battlefront two? No, whatever? because EA has taken enough money from me and I didn't buy battlefront two. You have to reload and then hit the blue, like the, perfect rectangle spot and if you don't then it well sam i wish i was being paid ea money to defend that pile of garbage <laughs> video game no and then getting the reveal of grogu's name and the filling out of the mandalorian mythos from a certain point of view i thought was awesome i really liked what they did with it and have it i mean credit to uh rick famiua because i think he still did the best episode of the season like without question and then we get I guess, Ryan, did you talk about how you felt about season two yet? No, you didn't. Right. Sorry. So once we've all wrapped that up, I can't wait to talk about the finale because I don't think it's as divisive as people think because that I am a fan of a particular sequel film and I do not think that it counteracts that film. But we'll get into that later. But overall, I thought it was a really good experience. I do hope post Boba, the chap book of Boba Fett, we get more of Mando. I didn't think this was, I'd seen a review that was quite critical that called season two, the backdoor pilot season. And that is not necessarily incorrect, but I do wish that we get a core group. If I'm, if I'm going to compare it to anything, this is an odd comparison, but I feel like the flash had a similar season two to this where they were throwing in a lot more at us and then we didn't get shows from those people because those people couldn't hold shows so now that we've had all these shows announced those characters may move up into their things i hope we get almost in a uh a mandoaverse or mandoverse i guess that makes that rolls off the tongue better where they weave into each other but then they work in their own i'm making like column gestures that they fit in their own shows and season three will be especially interesting given where pedro pascal winner of 2020 is in season three i'm very very curious so overall i thought it was a really great experience i don't know if i liked it more but as a hardcore star wars fan i found it more entertaining 
Yeah, I would second that for sure. It definitely felt like everything that I was getting excited for that I saw coming was properties that I was already aware of that I'd already seen other places. And that kind of ramped up my excitement for it that may or may not have uh, created it more of a positive feeling after I saw them because I was expecting those things. But overall, I think it's the next logical step because how far can you step in the Star Wars universe without going back to where it started, without throwing it or tying it in in certain places, especially when he's already marching around on these planets that we already know and we know these people are there. It kind of makes more sense to just get it out of the way, start tying their stories all together, especially because how long have been Star Wars fans have been like theorizing where these people are and what they've been doing at this point in time. Like finally getting those answers is pretty satisfying for anyone that has been so invested in this for so many years. So just seeing the portrayals of these people carry on, getting satisfied with those has been great. And yeah, I, I thought they definitely ramped it up this season. The budgets were obviously bigger. We got a sand dragon. We got an ice spider. And from that, there's just a lot more. It seemed like explosions and CGI and everything that kind of goes with a big, bigger budget, bigger action show. So it was super enjoyable week to week again, just getting more and more excited. And every time they would hint at, oh, you're going to meet a Jedi soon. Oh, like if you sit on this stone and pray, someone's coming down. Like they hinted at so many things that we saw. They name dropped so many people that we knew or theorized for quite a while since season one that we knew were coming. So yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun for me week to week i was all on board i couldn't wait to watch it and i still can't wait to watch season three whenever that comes out in two years maybe more who knows but all that led to the finale and as we would just say that grogu may or may not be in season three because he went away to do some training with one jedi that we do know and love that has been a piece of every movie so far. It is. And his lineage, the Skywalker. Luke Skywalker shows up post uh, Return of the Jedi with a black glove on, looking like Michael Jackson. And a green motherfucking lightsaber! Green lightsaber, <laughs> cutting down robotic Skrillex bots. And that was essentially cut from the sequel trilogy. Yeah, where is the green light? Okay, so let's get into this because I saw a lot of people. So here's the thing: I think Greeny. I last the. I think the last Jedi is the best of the sequel trilogy, in my opinion. That's my opinion. If you don't just, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You are also entitled to yours. I agree with you, Kyle. I agree. I would also agree. But I saw a lot of people who are like, they love the last Jedi. Oh, the Mandalorian uh, completely undoes where Luke. No, it. I think if you're paying attention, it actually reinforces his story in the Last Jedi. So Luke shows up, and I feel like. That moment was so well earned because it wasn't, it served the story. It wasn't, I'm, to me, it didn't feel like the Vader scene in Rogue One because it's like, why is this happening? Like, the movie. It's badass. It was badass, but like the movie (laughs) was was over. They got the plans out. Like, 
It's a great scene, but I don't think it serves that plot. And just to back up your point here, we did it. I did it outside of this. The people that I watched the show with between episode seven and episode eight, who's showing up? Who's the one that makes the most sense? And like Luke definitely added up for everyone. Well, here's so here's so I would I'm going to give a live track of me watching it. I'm watching it with Shane Southpaw. Who at some point for our long-term listeners will will remember him, but he'll hopefully show up at some point in the near future. We're watching it. It's like, okay, they're trapped. Like He's got the Darksaber. Like, we're good now. Right, right, right. And the X-Wing pulled up, and my first thought was, oh, it's Mr. Kim! And then, like, the new Republic is going to show up. I, like, I was... And then he comes up with the green lightsaber. And what I loved about this scene was we got to see the Luke I think everybody wanted in The Last Jedi. But, like, The Last Jedi wasn't about that Luke. It was about where Luke is now. And what what I love so much about what they do with him in this scene is we get to see Master Jedi. I mean, technically, he's not a master because he wasn't given an official regardless maybe that's in like a short story where yoda's like mm, master you are now luke skywalker but um it's, you have, have the to, title but he has the skills yeah. he has the skills you yes sit on the council but you will not be granted the yeah exactly but seeing luke in beast mode shows like and i love the symmetry between that and the rogue one scene because you're like oh father's like there's a lot of deliberate things in showing that especially like his use of his power it's not really jedi like think about how many times we watch the prequels and you're telling me qui-gon didn't couldn't just be like with a one of those blaster droids those things are compl- they're toothpicks with a head like so getting to see the almost like angry roger 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 seeing the luke tear through the death troopers or the death droids intensively is or specifically was like oh man like he's like almost having fun with this which like he kind of shouldn't be and i think seeing how powerful he is and his connection to anakin given where he leaves return of the jedi and then his fear that if he lets his power control him he will go into the dark side and ultimately chooses that like maybe it's best if i kill my nephew he's afraid for where he if he lets himself dive into this head like feet first into how powerful he is and like the dark side within him that he'll become his dad and i don't think that destroys anything we see in the last jedi at all no it definitely felt like it added up yeah when i was watching it like i was like yeah this makes perfect sense he's starting to train people that's where he ends up and where his problems arise in the future. Mm-hmm. Sam, what did you think of the return of the green lightsaber? <laughs> um, obviously, I thought it was amazing. I didn't. I honestly had no clue that anyone from you know the main trilogy would show up. That Luke imagine Skywalker it was Harrison Ford. <laughs> well, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I wish it was Lando. You need a ship. Um, okay, so like. I just remember like the the hooded figure coming through and I'm like, okay, like who is this? Is this some kind of Jedi I don't know about? And then eventually I'm like, oh my God, is this Luke Skywalker? They're doing this on this show? This is crazy. So they like, they really, you know, knocked it out of the park, I think for a finale. Afterwards though, I was thinking, I'm like, was that the best idea? So now like they've committed to that. Does that mean that is he going to be in season three at all? Grogu was means? murdered by Kylo Ren. Like we all oh know, this God. is what. 
No. Imagine if that hits the internet, the people that will riot. But I mean, we know he killed all this. Like, I was case. People would be more upset about that than him killing Han Solo. Let's be real. Can I go go on a weird tangent? Like, just follow me with it. So... I was te- no, I recently finally finished Jedi Fallen Order because I didn't play it because it seemed like an average video game and there was a lot of stuff between now and 2019. So I finally played it. And for me, what bothered me most about it was, Ryan, have you played it? Yes. Okay. Could you not have replaced Cal Kestis with Kanan Jarrus and it would have been so much more involved? Yeah, it felt like the ties were there. It's his exact origin. <laughs> like, it's not even... Replace who his master is. It's the same freaking origin. Like, so, I read uh, his... So I, I apologize. The, this rant will make sense. I read his book, New Dawn, where he meets Hera. And, like, a, so, there's a precedent that's been set is... If you read it, it's likely true. But if it turns into a show or a movie, that's the canon. Right, we saw that with the Ahsoka novel, and then the final season of Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore, and the way that that happens in the final season of Clone Wars, retcons the way that it's described in Ahsoka's book, which was written after the Clone Wars was canceled. So, why I'm talking about Jedi Fallen Order is I don't know why you can only introduce so many people to have survived. I call this the last Kryptonian problem, where for a while Superman was the last Kryptonian. And then we got Zod, who was trapped in the Phantom Zone or eventually escaped from wherever. And then we got Kara as Supergirl. And then in the 80s, there's like, guys, there's way too many of these. Crisis on Infinite Earths, let's wipe it out. He's only one Kryptonian. You can't... And Rebels did this really effectively in how they killed Kanan. Spoilers, sorry. And how they moved Ezra away from the conflict out of the OT, original trilogy. And then introducing Cal and Seer, it's like, okay, you can only tell me so many people did not, or survived the purge, is what they call it in Fallen Order, or Order 66, or they call it something else in Rebels, and I can't remember specifically what they call it. But I, the suspension of disbelief does not continue to dozens and dozens and dozens of Jedi to have made it out of this purge. So we have Grogu, we have Cal Kestis, who I think I partially really don't like because he was the Joker in Gotham, um, as well as Seer, who was his master, who's cut herself. And then we had Kanan, we had Ahsoka, technically Ezra, but I guess he was a kid. Like Luke made it out, Obi-Wan made it out, OG Yoda made it out. Like you, you're just adding to this list and you can, after a while, be like, okay, so who did die? The guy who had like a his head looked like a dick, and then the other Twilight like you only killed like five Jedi, but apparently most of them made it out. Like good job for the clone troopers. So what I'm saying with that is it's hilarious to me that I think Sam and I are on the same page. And Ryan, I'm sorry, I did you think it was going to be Luke? I he was one of my top three. Okay, I didn't even think about that, but the fact that somehow I didn't connect the dots that maybe Luke might be the guy was because like, I don't know, well, maybe we'll get somebody else we haven't seen yet that's from the cartoon. Like, Kid Fisto, I mean, he only got, I guess he got stabbed, but nobody stays dead. Rest in peace, Kit Fisto. <laughs> um, voiced by Phil Lamar in the cartoon. It's fantastic. Ah. Yeah, uh, so 
I, I thought it was great. How it didn't feel like a fan service moment. I feel like the show earned it because of the legacy of almost the Skywalkers being kind of thread throughout the season. Like, I need to find a Jedi. Well, to our knowledge, who's the only Jedi to make it through the original trilogy outside of Ahsoka? Well, technically, Leia, I guess. And Luke. But we don't know, right? They could... There could it could have been. It easily could have been Ezra. And just well, give it the three more spin-off shows they haven't announced yet that are going to expand the amount of Jedi's that made it out. Like, but did you like? Do you guys agree with me? Like, there gets to a point where how many people survived the purge and were not like? Uh, it's prime example is Sam. Like, they introduced an amazing character in Tariel in The Hobbit, and she's like, "Man, they're going to go fight Saruman." Nah. Yeah, I get. <laughs> Honestly, I stopped trying to make sense of like continuity and who's where and why is this happening because like really they're reverse engineering everything in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's hard to keep track. I've just like I'm just hoping for a good episode, a good movie, whatever it is. Does it make sense? Probably not. But what are you going to do at this point, right? Like, I I, I think Luke was a great choice uh, for this because how it serves the story where this is where Mando has to let go of Grogu, right? And it, it, it pays off with the, the emotional scene. We get to see Pedro tear up a little bit. You feel like it's bittersweet. He has to say bye to his little buddy. And like, who best to hand off Grogu to than Luke Skywalker, right? Should have been Sebastian so, Stan in a wig. Yeah, or just like, you know, replace his face or whatever they do, deep fake it. Um, it looked fine for TV. It looked, it looked fine. fine. It looked fine. In yeah, stills, it, it looks great. In motion, I was, ooh. <laughs> yeah. He's very floaty head. It was a little spotty, but it, I don't know. I was forgiving on it, but... Uh, it wasn't yeah, Tron. It, it, it was crazy. Yeah, I think uh, uh, very bold. Very bold of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what season three has in store. Um, real quick, though, two things. One... Are we going to find out what Mando's real name is? We do. It's I like, that? it's, um, it's Jin Jardin, I believe. Yeah. It's, okay. but there were D's. Yeah. DJ. I am. W- was that said in the show? He, it's mentioned season one. in season one, but really briefly. It's during his like backstory with the armorer, isn't it? Okay. Interesting. I must have missed that part. Um, Okay, and the second thing is, I just want to uh, quickly shout out the like the behind-the-scenes documentary that was released on Disney+. Plus. Man, I they wanted same- more of that. Sorry, I don't mean I to... I know. Because season like, did- one was like four hours. Each yeah. episode, practically, for season one, had its own like behind-the-scenes episode. Yeah. But that, So, for season two, they only did like one 45-minute long. Like, each episode has like seven minutes, and they talk about it. But... Um, I thought it was a great little behind the scenes doc and it I, I think it goes to show like the collaborative nature that they have going into making this show. It seems like everyone's having a great time. You get to see like Pedro's actually there for some of these episodes, like, you know, behind the armor. So that, that was one question I always had, like, is Pedro actually on set? But it looked like he was and Yeah, it it it, it looks like a really you know, positive environment that, you know, especially like shooting on this new LED. They call it the volume. Yeah. Very, very cool. 
So like if you're into behind the scenes on how they make certain movies or just new tech for how they're making shows and movies now, like this is really wild to see. But what what I was most impressed with was just seeing like how happy and like chill and like excited everyone was making the show. It seems uh, like it should be like, a, oh my God, man, we have to make a good Star Wars show. Like we are the ti- like the flagship show for this net, like this stream. Right. But here's the thing though. I, I'm glad you brought up this. I, it's a twofold statement. I'm glad you brought up uh, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, because season one is amazing of that. And Dave Filoni, if you don't think this guy is like the second coming of George Lucas, you're not paying attention because he dives in, into the prequels in ways that I wish the movies presented the information. <laughs> But what I'll give credit to the, I mean, we've talked about it, so we're in full spoiler territory, but I give credit to season two of um, Gallery of the Mandalorian because they don't talk about Luke at all. Not at all. So I'm hoping we get an episode two of that, like once you can, once they can return to the volume and shoot something, because I, I understand that's why season one is essentially just footage with narration because they there's they could not have all those people sit down to do those inter like have the things intercutting with um with behind this uh, with behind the scenes footage but like what it cemented for me was like Rick Famuyiwa needs a mo- another like franchise movie big time based off the episodes he's done and especially this last one mm-hmm. like the man yeah. can handle action that's for sure and, it sounds and ten, like he's- 10 scenes too it sounds like he's quite heavily in the writing process too of his episodes. Well, he's the only guy who's been allowed to write outside of Filoni and Favreau. Yeah. FF cool. and F. It's three Fs actually. Favreau, Filoni, and the terrific <laughs> trio. <laughs> yeah, it the round tables I found were the best part of watching those, just to see everyone kind of give their own perspective and how Favreau being the showrunner is connected to them and kind of pieces it together. I, it was reminiscent because didn't Favreau do like a dinner with stars type of deal? Like, wasn't that a show we did? Chef essentially was that. <laughs> and Chef, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because there was yeah, an episode where he was, was with like Ben Affleck and stuff. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, with Kevin Smith and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He would invite one person and then that person got to invite three people they wanted to have dinner with and they'd all just sit around and like just talk the whole time. I think it felt very reminiscent of that. The collaborative nature that it seems they're making the show with like, Oh, uh, you like, you got to go shoot this scene for ep five and we're finishing like that. I kind of love that is the best part about releasing a show. I mean, yes, it's weekly and I want them to stay weekly, but when you're making these things in this, not truncated, but you're making eight episodes over an eight, nine months. You're like, all right, we got to piece these things together. What, how we like the story seems well thought out and planned, which is unfortunately a revolutionary idea for Disney Lucasfilm. Yeah. But overall, uh, yeah. Sorry. You go ahead. Yeah. I just think overall, I loved it. What did you guys give it? Uh, I would say. Not out of 10, but just as a satisfaction meter. Uh, out of satisfactions, I give it eight and a half lightsabers, and the one half is because Ahsoka's in an episode. Get it? Because she's got a short saber. Um, although one thing I want answered, and this is a nitpicky thing: where did she get her lightsabers for? Like, are they sh- the the katana handles show up in Rebels. Where did those come from? Because we've never seen white kyber crystals before. 
Yeah, I think she did just show up with them when well, she was she like, She comes yeah, down not, the ladder. She's like, I'm Fulcrum. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, that was an amazing moment. One thing I, w- I would like to get in season three of this show is I want the voice actress of Ahsoka Tano to show up as a new original character in live action. Because that, like, without her, without Ashley Eckstein, or Stein, I'm not sure exactly. I believe it's Stein, given the E-I sound at the end. But I think she deserves, like, a character for her. Because it does kind of suck that she's not tall enough to be Ahsoka. But give her an Amy Sedaris role. and oh, Or, you know what? Recast her. She can be Cara Dune. Problem solved. <laughs> Sam, can you get any satisfaction I get satisfaction the same way Grogu gets satisfaction eating those fish eggs. Let's just say that. <laughs> I would have hoped I, you... I, I thought you were going to go with stealing the knob off the joystick. <laughs> <laughs> Knobs and fish eggs. I love it. Um, yeah. Frog really eggs. Show. Yeah. What, what did I say? Fish. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> fish eggs, frog no, eggs. No, and then good, the right? macaroons. Stealing them from the, from oh, the yeah. kid. The kid, Yeah. <laughs> Grogu um, likes a snack, for sure. He's a hungry, we'll middle-aged man. <laughs> giving that, then, parting thoughts on that one, what happens to Grogu? Do we ever see him again? Or his, is his story written off the page? I want a season right. without him. I want one season without him, and then he may be, or maybe four. They're, they're going to tease it. Like, they're going to tease, I think, him, him, like, returning. Will he remain a baby like Grogu though the next time you see him I have probably right you want to hear my idea Uh, we'll hear yours I got one too all right I'm gonna throw this out into the into the universe uh we're recording this January 6 2021 I think season three is going to be all about the redeeming or regaining the leadership of Mandalore so it's going to be like a lot of Bo-Katan a lot of of Mando and the Darksaber, and I think it's going to be spent mostly about how do we liberate Mandalore from the remnants of the Gal- of the Galactic Empire, and with that, I think we're going to get Sabine, and with that, Hopefully. I think we're going to get Hera, because you don't get Sabine without Hera and Jason. That's my, that's my thought. Yeah, I could for sure see in Season 3 being about Mandalore and restoring that whole time frame. And I'm going to say past the year 2023, we're going to see Grogu come back. He's talking. He's wielding a lightsaber and he's going to save someone. Ooh. Do you think he'll have like a pimped out version of the floaty chair? Because Yoda in Phantom Menace had the floaty chair. You only saw him floaty chairing and sitting. And the only time we saw him walking, I think, was Clone War or Attack of the Clones. I don't think we ever see the floaty chair again. I do think we see the Yoda fighting style against Palpatine, though, doing the spinny corkscrew, jumping through the air, launching himself style fighting. I don't have. So they're going to have to continue puppeting this, right? Then? Well, I was about to say, if they do that, that's going to be like a full CG Grogu then, right? Like, uh, like at least in the action scenes. Yeah. But- that would be, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like the, the man's got to train unless if they, he's strictly like, I only use the force in it, you know, passively. Um, but I like, I think a talking, a walking, talking Grogu, that makes sense. I, I could see his fear because of the dark saber scene when he was in the jail cell. Maybe he doesn't want to use lightsabers anymore. 
that makes sense. But I do think we see him as like maybe a te- a teenager, even though he's like a toddler Grogu at that point. Yeah, whatever. Like actually using the force. Like I have a feeling he's part of like Luke's first class of students. But I think like Kylo is a couple classes down the line. Do you think then we're going to get Mara Jade? Sorry, for context, for people who don't know, that was Luke's love interest post-Jedi. I could see it. I mean, yeah, given the state of where the world is and where they're leaving him off, and no mention kind of anything along those lines, I think that's definitely there. It's in the cards that could still be played. And because my suggestion for her would have been Carrie Russell, but because she's already used, I want Allison Bree to be Mara Jade. And Sebastian Stan this time. I, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. None. It's well, cheaper for sure, right? Than using a body do- or a, of doing it for the whole person. And that way they don't run like Samuel Jackson in <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> or uh, Robert well, De Niro in The Irishman for Sam's context. <laughs> when he's supposed to be you, you beating up that, that guy. guy gets... You didn't get stomped out, out with those killer those killer heels? Come on. <laughs> All right. It is what it is. <laughs> Baby goo on my shoes. Uh, <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? It's in it's in the midi chlorians for now. We'll find out in the future. Oh. Uh, but with that, we have a movie review to talk about, as we alluded to at the start of this episode. Mulan, live action adaptation from Disney, came out September 4th. Many moons ago at this point, but it was released recently for free on Disney Plus. If you did not want to cough up those $30, $30 and change, we're here to review it and tell you is it worth your time? So stick around, that's coming next. Mulan, coming out live action. Live action adaptation from Disney. This one was released both in theaters and Disney Plus uh, way back in the summer, I believe. Mulan? Was it July? No, no. I think so. Mulan was September. That's when they... Re- oh, maybe it was. It, it was... Sp- oh, yeah, it that was, makes sense. It was supposed to be... The premiere was yeah. held March 9th, and then the pandemic said, nah. And then it was delay, 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 and then it was released on Disney Plus September 4th for the premiere fee of $30 USD, or for anyone outside of the USD, it was $34.99. There we go. Or $33.99. I don't know. It was like $34 and something. So it came out at that point for your viewing pleasure if you chose to see it that way. If not, I believe it was in November, around the 18th or so that it became free on Disney Plus and you were welcome to view it then. If you have done that, if you haven't done that, we are here to review it for you and let you know, is it worth your time? And if not, maybe we can all agree how we felt about it. Sam, what was Mulan about this time around? Okay, Mulan live action. According to IMDb, the synopsis is... A young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. Period. I thought you were going to paraphrase that, but... (laughs) No, it's already been paraphrased for me. Thank you for MLA format. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I haven't heard that used in a sentence in over a decade. (laughs) 
Is it MLA or APA that they use now? That's the question. I don't know. I haven't had to write anything like grammatically correct in 11 yeah. years. I think I instantly forgot the moment yeah. I finished school. Okay, so we might be dated to the youthful college crowd listening to our episode. Man, I just use Grammarly for everything. I'm so lazy. <laughs> uh, okay, Kyle, with no spoilers are on for the Mulan review right now. This is just skimming the stuff based on what you could have seen in the trailers. But none of this is spoiler territory, even though you could have had spoilers like have you seen ago. the cartoon <laughs> you've seen this movie um i i think the lead is fine i don't think she's given a lot to do as mulan which is weird as she's the lead character i think the supporting cast is there okay sorry no i'll uh, i'll i'll be more concise overall i think it's unfortunate because the movie is not a hong kong wirework action movie nor is it a musical nor is it a fun action adventure movie it's just a movie it pleases no but no fans of any particular genre and it just sort of exists it's unfortunate because i watched this with my sister who loves mulan i think it's her she would say it's her favorite disney movie and overall it doesn't do a good job of being one thing i think if they had just made that, like, okay, we're making the Mulan story that you know into an awesome action-adventure movie. Like, if they took what they took from Pirates of the Caribbean and somehow made Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, probably one of the best action-adventure movies of that decade. Just do the same thing with this. Take the characters we know, so we know... Okay, so... Overall, I think it stubs its toe on every opportunity to be unique and then stubs its toe on every opportunity to reference the cartoon in a successful way that improves the movie. I don't think you get to know uh, Chen Po, Yao, or Ling at all to, the, to a point where I don't know which one is which at any point. And I'm... That, if somebody's listening to that, they're like, oh, you're racist. I'm Chinese. And I still don't know. Because they don't give them... No character feels like a character. The only person who actually feels like a character in this movie is Donnie Yen. Because he's, I'm the angry general. And you're like, alright, I get that. You're a caricature. Because this is based on a cartoon. That makes sense. They, they obviously got rid of Li Shang. Which I understand. Because that would have, in this current climate... Kind of having a tenuous, maybe sexual relationship with your commanding officer would have been weird, especially because, I mean, let's be honest, Li Shang, probably pansexual because he falls in love with, with, with Mulan as a man. <laughs> and then has no qualms. He's like, you're a woman. Ah, eh, whatever. Like he doesn't care, which is good. It's great. It's probably the only Disney pansexual character we'll ever get. But overall, the movie just, the action is uninspired. It feels like it, this movie somehow feels like it was made five years ago. It doesn't have any of the spectacle the cartoon has or use the live action like possibilities in a way to feel unique. And I watched it and was like, this is fine, but there's nothing I like about it. And it just frustrated me when they referenced things from the cartoon I'll get into that more as I break down the plot, but overall, it just, 
it's a mo- it's a fine film but that's almost worse because it didn't change the movie enough and it wasn't over like it wasn't the lion king but it wasn't jungle book or i would say close it, it it was just it was a, a wet fart of a film it's like that happened i participated in it i will never watch this again Oh, and fun fact, when we were talking about the release, it was released on Disney Plus at a premium fee for whatever that 35, 30. I know it was 30 USD. And then a month later, you could have bought it on Blu-ray for like 20 bucks. (laughs) So this was a bad rollout. And this is why we will not be getting Black Widow on Disney Plus. Sour taste, sour taste in the mouth. It's not even sour. It was just... I think it was more frustrating because it was disappointing. Like, overall, as a movie, I'll give it a number later. But it's like, it's not a fail, but it's certainly not like a pass. Well, Sam, you looked offended when Kyle was making such bold accusations. Is that true? (laughs) No, I, I essentially agree with Kyle with every point he made. Which is rare. Um, Someone put this this on the ticker. Highlight this, (laughs) yeah. Um, I was excited for this. Like, the trailer was awesome. I thought, like, with the emotional score, I think they, you know, it was essentially a... um, They lied to us. That's my problem. That trailer is all about uh, reflection. played reflection... I was under the impression, okay, so they're going to have a, like the, the score like with the songs we love behind this movie. I think you get glimpses of it, but it really, those songs don't show up at all, which I think was a huge mistake because I think Mulan has great songs, right? Like I, I think it has worthy songs that they should have absolutely kept. It made I know our go- generation like Donny Osmond. That in itself is a platinum achievement. <laughs> and th- this this live action remake is no different i think from the other disney ones where it's honestly riding this line where i don't know who they're making these for if it's not for the generation that grew up on the cartoons right like i don't get how through like say this movie they're gonna bring in new mulan fans because like how is this an inspiring story for anybody it's so bland the action is terrible. Um, like it, it essentially strips away anything that was special about the original and doesn't add anything of substitute, you know, to replace it. So it it's a fine movie. It's watchable. But like, was it worth a $30 premium when it first came out? Absolutely not. Um, so thank God I watched it when this was free on Disney+. Plus. Um yeah, it, it's it's sad because I I love the original, I love the songs from it, and everything about this was just not fun to be honest with you. That uh, with the trailer, it looked like they were going for a, a more like emotional angle. Um, the action looked like perhaps they were going to go with um, almost like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon type of uh, style, which. Oh man, the action is so heavily edited that it, it's impossible. It looks to like Taken Three. It. Oh yeah, it, it's that bad. Um, and then yeah, it, it essentially hits all the same beats, so you're not surprised by anything. And that's kind of just the overall 
reaction to it. You're just not surprised by anything. And you're like, okay, well, that was that story in live action, I guess. So it's unfortunate, but these things continue to make money. So I guess we're going to continue to get more. Well, this didn't though, right? Famously, Disney Plus was not happy with the returns for this. Well, and they designed this movie, I feel like, to play to a Chinese audience. Like, obviously, it being a, a Chinese story. but And where they it, shot it. <laughs> and exactly. And it bombed hard in China. It bombed hard. Well, you know so, yeah, why? No, no well, I can't get made. into it because it's, I guess it's... Is the honor thing a plot thing? Like, let's be honest. Is it? I think it could have been mentioned once. Ryan, do you want to give your thoughts and then I'll... I got I got stuff. <laughs> you thought I was done. I am not. So, would you, knowing what you know now, would you prefer this movie or Mulan 3? The animated Mulan 3. Mulan 3. Easily. Is there a Mulan 2? Yeah, it's terrible. There is a Mulan but here's 2. the thing. There's new stuff in Mulan 2. Like, it's bad. All of it is bad. But at least Michelle Yo, not Michelle Yo. I'm Migna Wen. I mean, she's in this. Spoilers, I guess. She has a cameo, but she's in the full. Yeah, a hundred percent. I take. I've seen all four Cinderella movies, and they're actually really good. The cartoons. I would. Yeah, as bad as those directed DVDs can be, I take those over a bunch of these live actions. All right, so no takers. I guess I'm going to be the only one that's backing this movie up. So let me just say, this movie sucked. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> I try to be blunt, not as blunt about it, but when you remake a classic that I love, it's got such good songs that's sober watchable too. Like I can put this movie on, the, sorry, the classic animated one on, like so frequently and like sing along and enjoy it. I love the ups and downs of that movie. I don't care if I know exactly where it's going. It's still wonderful. So to see what they did with this movie, making the claims that they did about why they were making the changes for the betterment of it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm totally on board. Let's see this thing. I remember counting down to March being like, yes, this is great. We're going to get Mulan. We're going to get Black Widow. Great start to this year. Let's go pre-covid of course and things played out how they did and jesus i could have waited longer for this movie to come out i don't care at all after watching this i'll never watch it again at that point like the story and the characters they're just watered down they're skimmed over uh if if you want to say they covered the basics of the original characters maybe you can make an argument for that but they did not go deeper for me at all um they tried to just they gave the villains more backstory. It felt like just to fill out time of the movie, but I don't know why we had to go from like an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half to two hours, just being like, look, they got motivation. Now you care about them too, right? It just didn't work. It's just felt like let's just get pieces of the story, but it's never fully successful in creating a whole vision or creating any excitement to any of these characters. The only positive note I could say is the costume design was pretty good on this. Seeing the settings in the background, I know excluding the political side of this, which was obviously terrible, 
the setting and how it looked was actually quite wonderful as well. Like capturing a lot of those scenes. So for any positive note, I'll give it to that. But besides that, this one's a skip. If you're thinking about watching it and you didn't invest the time yet, I do not recommend taking the time to watch this movie. Kyle, if you want to Sam, sorry. Did you want to add something before Kyle jumps in? No, I was just going to say, it's like, let's get down to business. I was just wanted to make a dumb joke. <laughs> let's get down to business and tear this movie a new one um <laughs> all right so with that let us jump into spoilers let's uh spoil any changes that they made to this movie because they claimed they were going to make a lot so let's let's see what those were for and what exactly they did change and maybe if you haven't seen the original mulan let's spoil that for you guys too so Get out now if you want to go check out Mulan, but here come the spoilers. Spoilers for Mulan. They're on now. You guys can't complain. Let's find out why we hated this movie so much. Kyle? I got a lot of problems with this movie. Lots of problems. Uh, To the very least, it's... So there was a conversation going around when this movie was coming out because Nikki Caro is is from New Zealand... And I felt Disney was like, we got a woman to direct, leave us alone. It's like, okay, I guess, hooray, progress. And then, none of the writing staff for this film, I, so here's the thing, I don't think, in my opinion, you have to be a particular ethnicity to tell a good story of a different ethnicity. But the fact that there are four writers and not a single one of them is remotely Chinese or Asian is super weird to me. Like, and when you watch the, why I'm bringing that up, when you watch the movie, this seems like the Sparknotes version of what a Chinese, like, the what they put in this movie about Asian culture seems like all the kind of stuff we get from a, tr- a Michael Bay Transformers movie. Like, when they're like, the Chinese Republic has done this, blah, 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 they're amazing, drink some Texas milk or whatever. Like, so that is in this movie. So the movie starts, we're going to get into the plot, and then the other two guys are going to, I just pointed, because we can see each other, but you guys can't, but I'm just letting you know I pointed. You guys stop me if you want to break down any particular part of the plot, because there's a lot to talk about with what they fucked up. I was just going to jump on at the point you're at. No, go ahead. That, as you're mentioning, there's like no Asian writers on this, but they so heavily leaned into the how they're doing all these changes for the culture and whatnot. And then she didn't cut her hair. (laughs) That's the big culture thing, which I understand. I get it. But between this making that statement and then having that writing staff, and then now we're at Miss Marvel where they're like, everyone everyone is representative of this character it's kind of like what the fuck well it's (laughs) two production studios right like again this is disney where like marvel is like i feel like for the most part i'd say like i'm 98 percent certain of this kevin's like we need a billion dollars for our next four movies i'm like all right here you go like they just leave them alone but with this where, did you have anything? Sorry, Sam. You did you have something you wanted to jump on before we get into the plot? 
I just wanted to say like that Disney is like uh, Oz <laughs> saying, pay no attention to the four white writers behind that curtain. <laughs> it's true. You know what's the most frustrating about that for me? So Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver wrote one of my favorite movies of the past decade with Dawn of, of the Planet of the Apes. So like they've written good. Well, they were also involved in Jurassic World, so maybe I should have known better. But <laughs> all right. So. We're introduced to Imperial China. It's all cool. We get to see this giant cylinder they live in. Again, costume design, production design, amazing. I think we can all agree it looks great. They did a good job shooting in New Zealand until they went to the slave camp in China. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look it up. So we're, we're in Imperial China. We have Mulan. She's We're introduced to Kid Mulan, which we've never seen before. Hey guys, there's something new. And Mulan is running around doing parkour and she's like, ah, crap, I got to get the chicken. And I'm watching this going, okay, we're getting the chicken. Oh, she's got a sister. That's really interesting. Like, um, Fazu can only have daughters. Like that must have sucked in China, especially in Imperial China. But I mean, I guess he was allowed to have more than one kid. So that's better than like post 1970 China. So Mulan is parkouring around the place and her dad's like, oh man, isn't it awesome, honey? She's got amazing chi. And then the mom's like, but she will not bring honor to our family if she's got badass chi. She's got to marry a man. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, honor to us all. I get it. That's like the seventh, the first time, sorry, the seventh time you hear honor in the first like five minutes. And then you hear it about a bazillion, look up um, Simu Liu's tweet about this because it is the best description of this movie. Uh, he's going to be Shang-Chi if you're curious. Um, and then so we get, and then we, the dad's like, Mulan, you need to be a woman because you need to marry or you're a disappointment. I'm like, man, that was a hard transition. Dad, over the span of 30 seconds, like, ah, crap, I don't like this tomboy. You can't be awesome floating swords on your toes and crap. You gotta marry a man. And here's where the movie tricks you that it's going to be the thing you like. We fast forward to adult Mulan, I guess. She's supposed to be an adult or teenager. I'm not sure, because the actress who plays her is 34, and I thought she was like 22 wow. years old. Sorry, she's 33. I thought she was like in her early 20s. Good for her. She looks amazing. So we get Mulan. She's getting all done up to be the matchmaker. And here's one of my biggest problems with the movie. And we will discuss. We get what is, I think, four chords of honor to us all. Now, here's again. I don't think I don't. I'm talking out of my butt. However, I feel like this would have made the movie better, which is you. This did not need to be a musical. I think we can all agree it did not need to be a musical. However, if you just included orchestral versions of the songs, you are pleasing the fans of the cartoon. It's not a musical. That's fine. But these songs are pretty iconic, even in their orchestral sound, that this would have been really cool to follow the scene through the sound of the song but we get three or four chords and then it drops and goes back into the regular score for no reason yeah i agree it you definitely feel the absence of what those songs kind of accomplished in the first movie that they really carried a lot of weight for the characters to move on with and develop from and yeah even including just an orchestral thing it would have been great i would have felt more in this movie for sure well, and this is also where we notice they've removed the grandma who's like, yeah, she's she's comic relief, but she's great comic relief. 
Like, she's not in it. And then, so we get to the matchmaker. She meets the matchmaker. She pours the boiling tea on her or whatever. There's a spider with her sister. It's stupid. Like, it's not comically funny. It's not done where it's like, oh, Mulan should just be, like, all about the chi. It's, it's dumb. And then we get another change where to the north we have the, I think it's Ruron or Wuwan. I can't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it and I apologize. I should have looked this up, but I didn't. And we're introduced to Scott, Jason Scott Lee, who's Bori Khan, not Shang Tsun, not Shang Tsun. Um, Sean Yu, Sean Yu, Sean Yu, Sean Yu. This is a true fact. I have a uncle. That is his Mandarin name. <laughs> He changed uh, to it to Jason. he changed it to Bernard when he moved to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> to Jason Scott Lee's credit, he looked a lot like Shang. He's the best part of the movie, easily. Like he's just like I'm a villain, and I'm like, great. You needed to be I'm a villain, and then we're introduced to the witch, who for some reason is again. The logic of this movie makes no sense. She's serving him so he can take over all of China so that way they accept witches. You're, I, you're a witch! Just kill the emperor and say, I'm in charge! Or can I, you just use a spell and be like, cast it on him and he's like, I like witches now. No, you fly into his palace as a falcon... You, as a falcon, you like hop onto his bed and you slit his throat and then you turn into a witch and be like, he said, I'm in charge. Like there are so many stupid other ways they could have gotten around this. But the fact that she's like, he, he, he has an army of like, what seems like seven people. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not. And it, it's, yeah, it's he supposed did, to be. He did not cover a mountainside. No, we'll get, we'll get there. Rock. We will get there. Right? So they're slowly taking over China and then Jet Li shows up and he's like, they paid me a lot of money because I'm Jet Li. But you won't be able to tell I'm Jet Li for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, I don't know what they're doing. So, okay, right? So then the people show up and they are, they're doing the recruitment scene and you should really care about this. But this is where I don't understand how a movie that is an hour longer than the cartoon somehow manages to give us less character development. Fazu at this point, I'm like, he clearly loves Mulan, but he like flipped on her like a switch. So, but you don't get this. What you should have gotten was this internal struggle where he's like, God, I love her so much because she's so much like me, but she's a woman. Like, <laughs> it's just back and forth, back and forth. The army shows up. Fazu's like, I got my knee brace. I'm ready to fight Bane. That's a reference to the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't kick through a wall. And he stands there and he goes to kneel and he's like, oh, my gimp leg falls down. Mulan goes to save him and they're like, you bring dishonor, 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 no honor, no dishonor to honor, dishonor to you. It's like playing freaking bop it at this point of the movie. Oh, you think the darkness is your ally. It's just... I'm No, I'm sorry. Right? So, we get that, and then... Oh, I should have said... I This is important to the movie, but it's so poorly handled that... We're told that the falcon is their spirit animal. I'm not trying to appropriate... The, the, the phoenix. The, the phoenix. The phoenix. What, I said falcon. Sorry, phoenix. You're right. Different bird is going to look over them. And I'm like, this what, is cool. One's also real. Instead of moving. <laughs> they are? I'm kidding. I know they are. Peregrine Falcon, the fastest dive bombing bird. 
I learned that at zoo camp. Um, that's a true story. We we're <laughs> we're given this. I got questions about zoo camp, <laughs> okay. but we'll move on. <laughs> we're given this phoenix and i'm thinking okay we know we don't have mushu but this will be really cool if she's got like this actual spirit guide that helps her decide things nope we see it at the beginning the what i would assume is the second act third act turn and never again because you know chinese have their spirit spirit animals i watched jackie chan adventures this is her totem we got this <laughs> what is this crap all right so she's sad her dad can't fight in the army because he's got a gimp knee so she puts on the armor she doesn't cut her hair because that was that was a i was i did not know this but that was a real cultural problem when the film was initially released in china so what's hilarious about this to me both mulans bombed in china (laughs) neither like we got the Obviously, the one written by white people the first time that white people loved. And they're like, we got to make one that is does well in China. I know. Let's hire four more white people. <laughs> what the hell? All right. So she and but I, I Haley made this point and I didn't agree with her till I watched. I have seen, I've seen the movie twice. That moment of her suiting up should be like, oh, yeah, Mulan. But it's. She's she's dressed in like five seconds, and then she looks over her dad and is like, "Peace." And then we get to the soldiers. Sorry, do you have something to say, Ryan? Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to jump in just because you said like the you were talking about the budgets and how they both bombed in China, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder." Uh, another uh, critically acclaimed movie made, I think, geared towards the Chinese in selling called The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon. <laughs> yes. Which actually doubled its budget at the box office. Wow! Nice. So who the hell knows what works? I, I don't know. Right? So she goes to the camp, and this is where she meets four... We have now four main characters in the army. One is essentially Li Shang... Or, sorry, Shang, but... It's not Shang. He's given a new name. And then we do meet Chen, Po, Ling, and Yao. Here's, again, I'm not comparing this to the cartoon, but what makes, what I'm baffled by is that while they are caricatures in the cartoon, at least we understand they are three different caricatures. I'm talking about Ling, Chen, Po, and Yao. He's like, okay, Chen, Po is the big, fat, calm dude. Yao is the angry guy voiced by... Robin Williams' brother from Mrs. Doubtfire. And then we get Ling, who's skinny and a Weasley man. Like, he's... Right? Like Which, Yao's voice is the most gravelly smoker voice that I've only heard in <laughs> Mulan and Little Rascals, I believe. There's a kid who had, like, a frog voice. Yeah, and he's also... He voices a character in Big Mouth, a, like, lonely gay man. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we... I... Their characters seem like they're the same pe- person. Like, I, I could have sworn during filming, they're like, who am I again? I don't know. Just here, take... Like, it's like that scene in 21 Jump Street where he's like, I'm this guy. And he's like, oh, you're the, you're Doug McQuaid? Like, they just took each other's scripts during the movie because none of them seem like they're, they're cartoon. And then the boyfriend 
is just like, oh, you, we come on. Like, he feels like it feels like it's a fourth grader relationship where he just like pisses her off for two thirds of the movies. Like, but I like you. And then she's like, well, you're a guy, I guess. And you're the least dirty men in this are just dirty. That's what they do. So, again, we get what should be an amazing training sequence with Let's Get Down to Business in awesome orchestral fashion. Because the trailers for the movie gave us this amazing orchestral version of Reflection. No. We get Donnie Yen. I'm assuming, I hope he was paid a lot of money for this, being like, All right, let's use your chi. You gotta use your chi. Come on, fight with your chi. And Mulan's like, I can't use my chi. My dad said my chi is bad. I gotta know. And then she's like, fuck that. I'm using my chi and kicks a spear. And then he's like, I like you. Um, what does she say her name is? Hua Jin. I like you, Hua Jin. You'd be good for my daughter. Because you have lots of chi and you will bring honor to my family and honor to your family. Lots of chi, 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 chi. And then chi, chi shows up from Dragon Ball ZZ. Um... <laughs> Ch-ch-ch-chia. All right, so they do their training sequence, and Buri Khan is tearing up villages with the witch, and then we meet the witch meets Mulan. They're like, yeah, you're like me. You have lots of chi. <laughs> it's like cool. And then we get to the climate. I'm skipping things because they're completely forgettable. I'm actually just doing the plot of the cartoon and how this movie mucked it up. So then we get. So they fight for. A, they fight for a little bit more. They fight. They fight. They fight. They get to the mountain where it looks like they have eight guys on Borikon's team. <laughs> the cartoon has thousands of people on this mountain. Also, the mountain was covered with snow. First, yep. <laughs> but let's we're going to shoot a catapult at it. Because no, that's no, what no, it gets do. it's so much better. So the action sequences up until this point are fine, I guess. But then you get to this and they're like, fight, fire your arrows. Come on, use your chi and your honor and your chi and your honor. And then we'll be dead. And then you'll be a spirit voiced by George Takei. But then, so they get to the mountain and she like, oh, sorry, I missed a part. She fights the witch on this like acid lake. <laughs> That's when they meet. And then Mulan's like, all right, uh, get, let's get down to business. Pulls her hair out. And for some reason, we get reflection in the background. Which, I, up until this point, I don't think we've heard. But I see a lot of myself in you. Yeah. Maybe we're one and the same. Yeah, we're one of the same yen or whatever. This movie probably doesn't know what Chinese money's called. Uh, That's another word for reflection. Yeah. I, I feel like the song could fit in here. That to me was like, you miss, you completely missed the point. When that played during that sequence, I was like, we haven't earned this moment at all. She hasn't done anything. So she shows up to the mountain and the five people are fighting the eight people. And it's like, wow, look at this spectacle. It looks like they're fighting on a hill in Barrie. Like, is this shot at Horseshoe Valley? <laughs> what is this nonsense? That's a very <laughs> segregated joke on that one. <laughs> no, it looks like a kitty hill. Like, not... It's grassy to start, and there's, like, a snow cap at the top. Just, like, meep. Just, like, maybe 10 feet of snow. Maybe. 
So Mulan's like, I have an idea. I'm going to sneak behind them. I'm not going to risk my life to go fire this missile. Okay, so here's another. Well, actually, I'll get there. So she sneaks behind the eight people. And then she's like, hey, I'm over here, dickheads. And they're like, oh, no, we should shoot our catapults at her. So the eight people shoot their catapults at her. And it just, like, hits the grass hill. And then the, like... 10 feet of snow turns into an entire village's worth of snow and covers all the people, okay? The distance between the two armies is like a football field, okay? That's important. So that happens. Mulan gets injured. No, she doesn't get injured. They don't do that. She's then like, look what I did. And they're like, a woman, and they're like, and so they get back and they're like, we should trust her because she's awesome. Look what she did. They didn't see what she did because they were a football field away. To their knowledge, the Borikon's army went, what's over there? And then just started, they, they caused their own avalanche. We're not giving a, sh there's not a, I, I looked the second time. There's not a single shot of one of them going, is that Mulan? Or is that uh, Wajin? Or fight like, one, one frame of a 24 frame second where one went, oh, would have solved this problem, but it's not in the movie. So she gets back to the base and they're like, yeah, we did it. Let's get drunk. And, but, and then they're like, we trust her. She's awesome because she did the thing, as I already said. And then they're like, no, you are a woman. Leave. But then she's like, okay, and then she's like leaving and then sees that they're alive and then goes back to the village or to the, they're, they're like, we killed Borikon. She's like, no guys, you, they're alive, they're alive. And then they go to the emperor and the emperor's like, kill all of them if they're still alive. I don't know. I'm Jet Li. I'm wearing a giant mustache and whatever. Fun fact, Pabarita was the voice of the emperor in the, in the cartoon. Um... Wax on, wax on. And then we get this sequence where they're on, like, an unfinished bamboo construction tower. Oh, at some point, the witch is shot with an arrow and she dies because she, she, oh, she's like, no, she I'm with Mulan. Herself. Yeah. For reasons. Very quickly is like, oh, I'm going to save her. So she jumps in front of an arrow. Saves Mulan. And then they go and and then she fights Buri Khan, which should be an incredible sequence. And this is where I was thinking, why not just do the cartoon? It's a sick, awesome sequence. Okay, maybe not do the cross-dressing, but they fight throughout the palace. They then fight on top of the palace. And it ends with him getting, I guess you don't have Mushu, but just use the boyfriend instead to fire the firework. Who's like, gentlemen, I need firepower. And they're like, who are you? And he goes, your worst nightmare. And then he- This is also the point where I was like, is that Jet Li in a beard? <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, so she fights, they, they're fighting on the tower. And then the emperor is like tied to the top of the tower, which somehow gets on fire. And then they're fighting on like a beam of bamboo that's spinning. And she does the same kick the spear technique and Burikan dies. And then we're told about armor or honor seven times. And it destroys her father's sword. And then they're, she's given all these things like you should be you should, the Emperor does the same thing from the cartoon. You should be in my personal guard. You should do all these things. Da, 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 da. 
And then the new, the Weasley guy who was recruiting all the people shows up and he's like, you're awesome. Be in our army. And then we don't even get the payoff like the cartoon where Fazu's like the only, the greatest gift and honor is having you as a daughter. And it makes me teary eyed now because I have a daughter, but we don't get that payoff. And this movie's just a wet fart. And then we get the new Christina Aguilera song titled Loyal, Brave, True. Just adjectives for people. I thought it was called Dirtier. <laughs> that, like this movie, it sounds like it was designed by like an AI bot that Disney programmed. Like, okay. Write us a Mulan movie, please. This is perfect. Oh, I'm sorry. I did miss a sequence that is... It's the sequence that I feel like they pitched the movie with, which is when the sidekick people, the four pe are fighting, they're, like, running on walls, and we get glimpses of, like, wire work for seconds. Like, they run down this corridor, and they're running sideways, and then at one point I thought Chen Po was dead, and then it turned out it was Yao because the characters are completely interchangeable in this movie. But yeah, like, it doesn't... It's not an awesome Hong Kong... Hong Kong... Fuck, I'm so grumpy. It's not an awesome Hong Kong kung fu movie, nor is it a faithful action-adventure movie based on the cartoon. Like, the fact that the cartoon made in 1998 has better scale than this movie with real people. Like... Nikki Caro, you're from New Zealand. Get Peter Jackson to get Weta to just give you a thousand people to fill your battlefields with. Let's get this last closing song by Eminem. I'm going to get the guys from Weta. We're going to put a lot of people on their rock. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, it's a... F <laughs> the movie's fine. But if you... It's as a remake, it sucks. Right. It, it, the decisions are baffling, and I think it, it's impossible to try to make sense of any of the decisions that were made here. Because clearly, like, they weren't trying to make a better movie. They were just trying to make... They're just, they're just checking off the list. They're going down. Okay, what haven't we made yet? Oh, Mulan. Okay, let's just do it. You know? So, it like... It's becoming more apparent if it wasn't already that these are just straight up cash grabs. I, the, right? I think what makes it the most frustrating for me is there have been instances and like I understand why people may not love Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin. But I felt like they were not remakes. I mean, they were more remakes than adaptations, but they had an element of adaptation where at least the um, quote unquote, the padding they put into the movies, I thought enhanced it. Not made it better, but made it work as a two-hour movie. Like, we got Belle's backstory with her mom. Like, why are they living on this village? Like, we... It's not necessary, but it does add to the film. Like, we get... Uh, Jasmine is a very independent princess in the cartoon, and in the live-action film, like, she's this person struggling with the patriarchy. Like, great. And she gets speechless, which is a great song. Evermore is a great song that they added to Beauty and the Beast. Days in the Sun, I could do without, and the How Does a Moment Last Forever is only good when it's sung by Celine Dion in the end credits. But this movie doesn't please people who were just looking for a fun movie, and it certainly doesn't please people who liked anything about the cartoon. And it wasn't cool enough to be a Jungle Book or a Pete's Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Sorry, go ahead, Sam. No, no, no. I was just going to say it exactly just kind of like uh, highlighting Kyle's point there at the end that it's just, it's too vanilla. It's, it's, it's heading straight down the middle uh, to its own demise. Yeah. I'll touch on a few things. Like we mentioned it briefly kind of throughout, but they announced beforehand there's no Mushu. Uh, Shang Li's going to get divided up into two separate people. That's all fine. Their reasoning behind it's all fine. I get it. They could be removed. That's perfectly okay. But what are we going to do that's going to make that significant? We're going to show Mulan was sleeping in the same tent with these peep with these men for days on end, wearing this yeah. like corset to hide her boobs. Like it felt like all these announcements that these changes they're going to make for the better of the film and to make it more socially acceptable in China and everything along those lines, it never actually felt like it benefited it, especially we'd find out after all the shit that they did do to piss off China as well. It's It seems like a huge mess where just they wanted some sort of publicity for doing that beforehand even though it doesn't pan out and they don't actually do anything with any of these choices that are made or at least i didn't see any value besides trying to be more socially correct about it that story-wise where they kind of take those things out so now we're gonna have to do something that takes the place of those things and just that doesn't actually happen they just take them out and it just gets more and more bland because of it uh I did enjoy the the villain. Um, is it Zhang Yang? For who? Sorry, I, I don't know how to. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name properly. But she was the witch that could turn mm. into the falcon. I thought she was an, she was a good addition. Like, had she had a few more character rewrites and Lee Gong is the actress. Yes, she's fifty-five. I think she's quite popular. Like she's a very popular actress. Over okay. But so if they set up that she is a hawk, she's a bird, and then Mulan's spirit animal is this phoenix, another flying animal. There's no like the phoenix doesn't come to play at all. Like there's no. Sorry, it shows up when she's birds. riding the horse out of the acid pond. It it yeah. just seems like a setup for no reason. Like what do we? What do we care about this phoenix then? It shows her the she phoenix. needs to inha- she needs to use her chi. Yeah, the the phoenix pointless to me. Had that not been in there, nothing would have changed in this story. Really, nothing would have been added. No, she would have been self motivated instead of following the bird. Yeah, like it wasn't even a character. It wasn't even a plot device. It literally just shows up from time to time. But I did enjoy the addition of that character just needed a bit more fleshing out and I would have been like, cool, that was a great character to add in. I'm fine with my time invested in her. But as we mentioned, the actions kind of sucks in this. They do these three or four camera rolls when they're fighting that just drove me up the fucking wall. It was ridiculous. I remember it happened once in the Fast and the Furious movie where the rock rock bottom someone through a table and I'm like, yes, cool with that one. Furious this one, 7. Pointless. Furious 7, thank you. Yeah, this one felt like an attempt at stylizing some action that just came off terribly, and I don't know why we had to do it more than once. The first one didn't go well. Um, I've mentioned it a few times that Jet Li just 
he's underutilized. I don't know if that's just because I couldn't tell it was him for 10 minutes or he didn't actually do much or serve much purpose for being Jet Li in this one. So either way, not huge on it. Didn't think his purpose in this movie was really served or present it well. Uh, there's a few problems, like it's boring, but <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it with that. I think this is the worst Disney remake live action yet. See, uh, I, I can't put it in that camp because we have two Alice in Wonderlands and does I guess the n- Lion King. Those ones were rough. But, but at least the Lion King follows the plot. Yeah, like at like least I'll you can. F- it's a screen. It's screensaver the movie. Sorry, Ryan. It follows the plot in the most emotionless way. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I'm gonna say though, this one is that lack of expression that the lions show in the Lion King, but as a movie with people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would say hey, this one follows in that camp, which it's more unforgivable than the Lion King being CGI lions. It's completely forgettable. That's what you are. <laughs> But with that, do we have any more venting we want to do, or do we want to take this further? Well, you know what's funny? I was we were talking about all the changes they made, and the reason Mushu was taken out was because the Chinese audience didn't like it. Okay, fine, but it's the I think the problem is it's so pandery and not even in good ways because it makes everybody in in the like. I don't know. It makes all the people who work in the like Chinese government idiots. So that's not a good reflection on them. I don't like pun intended. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know. Well, and the ending I know was reshot. Like there were massive reshoots for this movie. Right? They shot. I can't remember. But I think it was like two months of reshooting. Well, and you say like four writers. That obviously is a lot of rewriting as well. Well, I, there's the script was written by Lauren Hinnick and Elizabeth Martin. And then Jaffa and Silver were brought in for rewrites. So I'm like, what did they add? It sounds like just a mess. A mess that they never figured out. If they had just made the cartoon with people, at least it would have had the spectacle of like, wow, that's thousands of people, like real people. You know what I mean? Like it adds what Lion King doesn't have. Like Lion King loses the spectacle because it's too realistic. Where like Mulan has none of it because there's no spectacle at all. So I think with that, we love the movie and we can just move on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no yes we've we've given our thoughts i think we've jumped into it enough and we've given it some takes and some instances so let's figure out at the end of the day on the rickman scale what mulan is going to get so that's a scale from zero to ten the patented quest beyond rickman scale in honor of the late alan rickman and you can give zero low ten high both have been given in the past. Is Mulan going to fall on either of those? And at the end, you will get an average to let you know what we think about Mulan. So, Sam, what are you thinking? Well, I guess just like the approach of, you know, throwing this uh, straight down the middle, uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. 
an old five. Kyle, what are you thinking on this one? They did give Migna way a cameo, so that was cool. It's not <laughs> an egregiously made movie. It's just unsuccessful with everything it attempts. Like, there are shots of it. I'm like, wow, that'd be a great wallpaper on my computer. Oh, people are supposed to be talking, I guess. So, yeah, I agree with Sam. Like, it's a five. Like, it doesn't... It's insulting that it's called Mulan. Like, if this was called, like... I don't even... I'm trying to think of, like, what you would name. It'd be, like, a bad translation. Mulan. <laughs> or even if this was just, like, Hua Jin. Like, if it was just called that, you're like, well, who's Hua Jin? And then you're like, oh, it's, this is a Mulan story. It's like how for uh, forbidden. What's the one with Jackie Chan and Jet Li? Is it Forbidden Kingdom? That one. That's like a really so. loose adaptation of um, the Monkey King. You know what I mean? Like this feels yeah. like that, but for Mulan. Like, and, and I know they looked more at the uh, like the source material. But what was the source material? Because this just feels like Sparknote cartoon. Yeah, for me, judging this on story, production, and entertainment, four. Four out of ten. Didn't love it. <laughs> Is that ones across the board? Uh, I think there's a one and a half and a one and a half and a one. Okay. Uh, but yes, just... If you don't prove why this movie's made if you don't serve a purpose and like I'm like I can live without that movie ever existing so it's definitely not a pass so I'm giving it a 4 um, and with that average 4.67 so definitely not a pass of a movie I'm gonna say the Quest Beyond does not recommend you check out Mulan. It's free now I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess people got time to burn and they're there's a lot going on in the is world. Is it the so you want to tune it out? I'm trying. What are we get, getting next? I guess we're getting Little Mermaid, Peter Pan. Yep. I can't. What else is coming out for live adaptations? Yeah. On, under the Disney slate. Hercules was announced. I remember. What was sorry? Hercules. Oh, that'd be interesting. We have Cruella with Emma Stone. Right. Oh, yeah. We've seen a photo of that, too. Um, apparently a Jungle Book sequel. I don't apparently. think that's happening. Apparently a Lion King sequel. Yeah. And then an Aladdin sequel and Hercules was announced with the Russo brothers producing. And apparently they're making Bambi. Oh, I didn't know about that one. And then there's... All about, all about those CG animals now. Which we have skipped over quite a bit in our Disney talk, but the Lady and the Tramp live action also exists. There was a oh, Disney yeah. Plus on release. Instantly, instantly just does not exist. Yeah, just everyone forgot about it. I actually didn't hate it at all, but it definitely was not like, a, oh my god, that was my favorite one. They should have just used completely CGI animals, though. The fact that they like put the mouths over the... It's weird. Alright, well with that... Watch Mulan at your own risk. But from there, we will start to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for giving us a listen. Thanks for stopping in to hear about Mandalorian and Mulan. We'll catch you guys next week. I think we're trying to get these episodes out every Thursday. So 
probably be in another week. You guys can hear all about We Can Be Heroes. So you want some more Pedro? We're having them every episode, and God damn it, it's worth it. But no Taylor Lautner. <laughs> Sadly, he got replaced by a lineless character. But you'll find out more about that next week. And along with that, any other news that may pop up, we might have another short news week. We might have a long one. Who knows? We've had both so far, so from here, it can only go in a direction. Um, besides that, uh, thank you guys if you gave us a listen on Anchor, on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Spotify. Thank you for taking the time and, uh, I guess, seeking us out. Hopefully you guys give us a review. Just remember, be kind. We are, we are sensitive boys. We need a lot of positive reinforcement. We just started, damn it. We definitely don't have like three years of experience in the past. <laughs> it's brand new. The whole Zoom thing just starts it at zero. But with that, I think we'll call it a day. We'll catch you guys next week. Just remember, have you given up yet? Have you surrendered? Never!